I cannot pronounce your name for anything. One is just a great slapping of a song. So today we're picking a seemingly completely different topic to talk about, um, and I, I want to hit on the idea of media. Um, what do I mean by media? I mean um, movies, books, novels. Um, I would even get into the sphere of uh, you know, board games and tabletop games and uh, video games. I think video games are kind of this abandoned sphere of influence that the right has essentially acted like it doesn't exist. That's because video um, games are for nerds and children. Herba, herba, herba. <laughs> You're right. Um, well, but you want to reach the nerds too. Right, you want the nerds to be better too, or you know, you don't. I do. Um, I want I want people who have the similar interests and ideas that I do to be bettered by the stuff they consume, by the media that they watch or the games that they play, and not be constantly dragged through the mud of this. Uh, when you really look at it, dystopian mindset that saturated our media. So I'm going to kind of um, try to hit a bullet point here, and then we can talk about the bullet points as we go. Um, the idea for this podcast came from uh, two media sources. Um, one is a a book, a novel that I read, uh, and the other is a video game series that I've played. And, you know, I replayed some of the video game series lately, and I read this book lately, so they're both fairly fresh in my mind. And so the, the book was Rendezvous with Rama uh, by Ar Arthur C. Clarke. Um, the video game series was the Mass Effect series. And I'm going to kind of explain why I think these things are important to have. Um, I'm centering on sci-fi uh, right now because this is... It's it's one of my favorite genres. Um, I've uh, grown up listening, consuming a lot of sci-fi material um, because I, I think that I think the ideas that they have are compelling and can be compelling. Um, but there's some very serious deep-seated problems, and I'm going to start with uh, the, the the short story of Rendezvous with Rama and move on to the, um, the video game series. But I, I want to preface that with a, a little a little bit of commentary stating why I think these things are important to begin with. So I think that I, th I think that the right has an issue with capturing the imagination of um, the youth and just people in general. Any idea that is vaguely um, to the right of Pol Pot is essentially viewed as evil in the mindset of 90% of the media that you're going to consume out there. 
Um, I think the notable exception in the sci-fi genre specifically would be uh, Robert Heinlein with Starship Troopers. Um, his quasi-libertarian uh, governmental style that he advocates in that book um, that is built not on you know, individual liberties per se, but more built on um, sacrifice. That sacrifice itself would be a requirement for governance, which was um, a very compelling idea for me. Um, I know just about everybody's watched the movie probably. Um, I unironically advocate that you watch that movie because it's a great movie. Um, but the book is way more philosophical and the director of the movie actually twisted the, the themes that Heinlein wanted to present up intentionally uh, because he thought it was ridiculous um, and it, it, it sort of backfired uh, because the, the movie is a great anthem for the, the ideas that the right does value in terms of responsibility and sacrifice and um, being the hero as such. Um, and you could point back to uh, the Greek epics, um, all the way back to the Greek epics, the, the epic of Gilgamesh, <clears throat> um, uh, the the Norse myths, which are, are less about themes and they're more about people, but there's a lot of heroism in the in the Norse myths but you know what these stories do really is they capture the imagination of people they um, it's 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 a way to experiment and to and to delve into an idea and see how it works out in in the mundane situations how would this work how would that work um, I'm a big fan of, of novels, science fiction, fantasy, which is why I'm focusing on science fiction specifically because I think that's the bigger issue. Um, but for fantasy authors, almost all of the really good fantasy authors, uh, especially the contemporary ones, are almost all Mormon. Um, I know that that lines itself up perfectly to make an excellent joke. <laughs> um, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know I, I think with the advent of Canon uh, Canon Plus uh, they have a, a podcast called Stories or Soul Food um, I think Brandon, uh, Brandon uh, Brian Salve I'm sorry brother I cannot pronounce your name for anything um he has talked about the importance of media and um, how tapping into the emotional application of an idea is very important. And he does this through his music. Um, I think his psalms, his, his recreations of the psalms are really important for this reason. Because it takes it out of just... Um, you know, when it's translated into English, you lose some of the some of the poetry that's in the Psalms. But he revitalizes that. Um, I, I feel the same with um, Isaac Watts. When you know we sing in our in our church, we're singing uh, Psalm one sixteen part two from Isaac Watts. And the refocus, taking the ideas within Scripture and rewriting them in such a way that they're fulfilled in the person of Christ, and then um, singing that really helps the, the, the psalm hit home in a way that just simply reading it wouldn't. So, um, I, you know, on to the... The, the two bits of media, the novel and the video game series. Um, you know, the novel specifically, Rendezvous with Rama, I think it's the only one to get all six 
uh, awards for science fiction. There's there's six different awards. I don't know what they all are, um, but with me looking through them, uh, it's got it it's it achieved all six of them as far as I'm aware. Uh, it's it's one of the Arthur C. Clarke's one of the most prolific science fiction writers out there, and I'm reading this novel because it's you know a, a pivotal piece of science fiction history, and it's you know the the plot generally speaking. There's this large craft that shows up in the Milky Way, and uh, it's it's got you know indicators that it's it's artificial that's no moon it's a space station so obviously humanity's interest is peaked so they go out there and explore into this giant uh, cylindrical craft but the thing that struck me was not the um, the skill of the different people in doing things uh, it was not the the, the plot so much it was the little things that were snuck into the plot uh, the two things that struck out to me the most was that uh, in vitro fertilization was the most common way of birthing children conceiving children and second was that farming was mechanized such that only the people who had a whole lot of money and a whole lot of spare time did any kind of farming. And it was on a small scale because they didn't need to. All, all food production was completely mechanized. And so, you know, the stuff that we've talked about on our podcast specifically has been getting back to the dirt, getting back to a love of one's family, reuniting with your wife. You know, we started off with Dabney of um, unifying with your wife and turning your hearts uh, to your children, um, and it it struck it struck me specifically, and I, don't, I think that if we have not been talking about this so much, it wouldn't have hit me as hard. But the world in which Clark was presenting in this book was really a dystopian world. They had all the technology, they had all the the stuff going on, and but they were completely removed from the land. Um, they were removed from true union in the in the marital sphere. And <clears throat> I've I've gone back and thought about other sci-fi novels that I've read and movies that I've watched and these kinds of things of uh, things that we would consider burdensome to to involve ourselves with such as well farming is a burden farming is a is a is a thing that we don't like to think about um that's something that they've just mechanized as if it could just be strictly mechanized um the other the other thing i believe i mentioned to you travis was star trek where you know the 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 way to fix human Conflict was to just remove scarcity, because obviously the problem has to do with scarcity, not you know culture, not uh, the sin in man's heart that causes him to want to harm other people. Um, and so the the general theme in science fiction, which is you know I think Rendezvous with Rama was written back in the seventies. Um, is invested into that kind of a mindset, that kind of an anthropology, um, that kind of a worldview, where you know we just need more technology, and we're going to fix our problems. Um, and then getting into the the, the Mass Effect series, uh, it's, a, it's a it's some video games that were set in this galactic scale. Um, the there's this you know group of very large half half creature half robot entities called the reapers that are coming in and uh they're they're threatening to eradicate all advanced life in the in the galaxy rudimentary creatures of blood and flesh 
really one of those big epic tales like uh you know going back to the greek mythology you would see it as um you know the the titan typhon who was attacking mount olympus um the 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 themes are very lovecraftian so any of the elder gods really would would suffice to be an analogy to these these beings um although they're strictly technologically based it's nothing there's no mystic elements about it whatsoever um, and the small things of the game series is really what uh, the level of detail that they've put into this where it's um, the the designs of the ships are really they catch your eye you know when you look uh, when you when you've uh, looked at the the silhouette of the Normandy or even the Normandy 2 in, those are the the flagships in in the game series. Um, you could tell you could tell that ship just by the silhouette. It catches your eye, right? There's excellent design that goes into it. There's excellent uh, stories that go into it, um, especially you know the first and the second game um, that really capture your imagination of what could be possible in this setting. And in contrast. Aside from, you know, a Heinlein, which was written back in the 80s, I think Starship Troopers was written back in the 80s. Aside from that specific one, and then um, some elements in Stargate, just about every other piece of media that's out there are bone dry of any kind of real wholesome values real wholesome ways of looking at life real wholesome ways that uh, that that are forward looking right that give you an imagination of what could be possible in the future they they almost universally seek to tear down the community tear down what it means to be human um, tear down what it means to uh, exist even and try to rebuild this up in this way that, well, you can imagine whatever you want to imagine, and then you could be that imaginary thing. As opposed to, you know, I, I have a nature, and the best way for me to be what I am, or what I was meant to be, rather, is for me to excel at being what I am. And that all of this other stuff that comes with sci-fi really has a way of destroying what I am. And so it makes me less real. It makes me less tangible. It makes me less distinct. And so I, I want to see and I'm, you know, I've made some efforts that are you know, insubstantial I think. Um, I'm not sure I will ever be able to do this myself, but I've made attempts and I'll continue to make attempts. But I'd like to see some real media, some real uh, heart and mind capturing, imagination capturing media from specifically people who value the Southern way of life that would promote what it means to be a good southern man or a good southern woman and you know of, of course you're going to have conflict of course you're going to have you know you can't really have a story without conflict of course you're going to have hardship of course there's going to be uh, elements that you have to um, push through you have to find out a practical way to work out this ideal of what it means to be a southern but one that presents that in a positive light and doesn't just fall back on the mindset of, well, the, the, the neoliberal way of living life is the best way to live life, right? Um, 
and really serves as a critique, a genuine critique of the neoliberal mindset instead of just doubling down on it. I think to uh, kind of bring your example home, as um, we were talking before the show, that there are so many stories where the bad guy looks like the good guy to us. Yeah. Uh, I think you mentioned Man in a High Castle. Uh, I've never seen the show, but from what I've understood, it's a very well-ordered society, very family-oriented. And, and the the entire thing is... Um, you know the 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 quote unquote good guys are basically just a goon squad. They're they're they're, Bolser, they're Bolsheviks. What the frick? They Essentially, are. yeah. Um, and and, <clears throat> um, and there's so many times where I'm like, bad guy has a freaking point here. Like y'all are degenerates, and, and so now now we're left to um to demonize the those virtues that are good and wholesome. Uh, I think you brought up Far Cry Five. And how we've embraced the, uh, the embrace that song, uh, "Rifle by Your Side." One, it's just a great, it's it's freaking slapping of a song. Um, but, <laughs> it really but, does. Yeah, but but in in all reality, it's it's the it's it's a great place to live type thing. You know, it's yeah, it's a religious extremist commune. But I mean, what's wrong with a commune, right? What's wrong with being a religious extremist? <laughs> I am the most extreme extremist. There you go. But um, but but I mean, all all, the, all this to go to say, I mean, that there are people that so my my extent of sci-fi is is isn't as in depth as yours, but one of the um things that kind of popped into my head was was um, uh, Brave New World. And there mm. are people that actually look at Brave New World and be like, "Yeah, that that looks like a that looks like a good place to live." You know, we don't have to have babies anymore. They're all created in a factory somewhere. They're completely divorced from nature. And you know, the ones that have the the good life are called the um, what do they call the the, um, the savages? Uh, they're they're, mm-hmm. they're they're on reservations. They're they're living the old way. You know, they're actually having a farm. They're 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 they don't have um their abortion pills. They don't have their suma. Or anything like that, and you're like, you know, that's that that doesn't sound so bad. So yeah, I mean, let's live like the savages. But all that to say was right. was we when we look at it from our point of view, we don't have any any stories, any video games, any songs to actually exemplify us. We don't have so so media is in my estimation is is us writing our own myth we don't have a mythos of which we can expound upon our ideals right so 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 basically we, we need to project the good guy in the good light instead of letting the good guy be be trampled down in the in the in the darkness of of leftist media we need to write and take hold of these stories to show that these lefties are the bad guys that they are really as evil as we think they are <laughs> right, right. But when they control Hollywood, or when they control uh, Atlanta, Georgia, um, we we can't really do that, you know. So yeah, we should start creating our own media. Right, and and that's really like that's the crux of where I want to go with this podcast is what are ways and and this is not going to be something that again I, I haven't just talked about this. I've made attempts to do this myself. Um, feeble attempts, but they're attempts nonetheless. We're literally doing it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, I I, I want to not be beholden to the framing of my enemy. I don't want to live according to the memes and the themes of people who hate me. I should be, we should be able to control how we are viewed. And we should not, we should not be, uh, just, we shouldn't, we should write our own, keep your rifle by our sides. We shouldn't have to rely on the enemy doing that for us. Now, that's a slapping song, but, um, you know, we should make slapping songs ourselves, right? 
Yeah, most like okay. So, um, how, are, were you in the whole discussion with uh, with some other guys in a previous chat group about um, this was back on Facebook Messenger days about the new outlaw country scene? We were talking about Tyler Childers, Sturgill, uh, Cody Jinks. I don't I don't know if you listen to that type of music or not. I I remember those conversations. It's been a while, so you'll have to refresh my my memory. Okay, so I th- I think a lot of those guys they put out great songs, and I, I highly recommend listening to them. Uh, be careful around some of Sturgill's and a little bit of Childers, uh, just because um, you know they're they're not Christian. So just going to point that out there. Uh, but one thing that really stuck out to me with them was they could write great songs, but they were as left as the day is long, man. Like that, they are. You know, Jason Isbella, basically. Um, uh, what did he do? I can't remember the whole controversy surrounding him, but it had something to do with him just demonizing white people again. Um, it, mm. it, you know, he got on the whole <clears throat> wokeness bandwagon, and so his he's got a couple good songs. I don't particularly like most of his songs though, but at the same time, we need our guys to be creating music like that our guys to fill those stages and our guys to to be pushing that narrative home you know and i know we have like a a, a, a brian i'm gonna mess your name up again brother suave suave yeah i'm gonna go with suave because you're very suave um so brian brian whatever your name is love you brother don't hate me <laughs> um you know his music is excellent the the singing of the Psalms, uh, love that. Absolutely edifying, wonderful experience to do that with your family, with with you know brothers and sisters in Christ. We need we need that for Southerns, so that we're not again. Uh, it, it's you know in my mind it's we have to do this or we're just ever going to be the Southern man meme that everyone thinks of where he's just the the backwards hillbilly who doesn't know anything and doesn't care to know anything um and i and i think i wonder if some of this is because we've been so disoriented but we have to get past that we have to um adapt to the situation that we're in and that means that we have to think differently What's that? We need Christian Leonard Skinner's to like yes. play rock and roll psalms. There we go. Uh, unironically, that would be pretty pretty based. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'd listen. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's really um, that's that's what I I would like to see, and I'd like to hear. And uh, you know, as I know, there's a lot of people within our circles who kind of scoff at the idea of video games. Um, I I think that's a mistake because you know you're a lot of the people, a lot of the young people, especially today, um, their minds are captured in the games, and if you can present the southern mindset in that kind of a fashion you could capture minds effectively actually it just has to be quality it has to be um you know a a a product that actually engages them and i i think the best especially considering the uh this gets into you know a little bit of the fact that i am a gamer and the things that i see that gamers are interested in but you would have to get into uh, the mindset of, you know, not being a, a um, how do I want to say this? You know, you, you you want to create quality content without turning into EA, where you're nickeling and diming people for everything that they do. Um, and and I don't I don't foresee that if if you know Southern men were were actually building quality you know stories and. Um, you know, games, be they tabletop or otherwise, I don't see that they would be nickeling and diming people. But that's something that, you know, the industry really is reeling from 
because of EA and uh, many of the other Blizzard, uh, many of the other big developers are, are doing that. Um, and they're they're shearing their own customer base for the sake of some extra coin. Um, and so we would have to do it effectively, but we'd also have to be upfront and we'd have some good we'd have some very on point competition um, that's invested in woke so the advantage would be that we're not invested in woke the advantage would be that we're not interested in the woke mindset or uh, any of the the transhumanism nonsense that's being pushed today we're interested in good quality stories and uh, to capture the hearts and minds of people that want to see a better world but can't see it you know of their if, if you want to put it this way of their own bootstrap right they can't just bootstrap that that has to be something that you give um, and, I, and I, I think that we have our stories we have our stone walls we have our leaves but those aren't translated into today they're still stuck behind a veneer that is in in the in the common mind is ne highly negative so how do you take the virtues of a lee or a stonewall and then impart that into a, a a mythic setting and then present that to children so that they can say wow this guy is somebody i actually could look up to we replace Master Chief with Stonewall. Unironically, yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and I was about to say, like, we don't have to make something explicitly Southern. We have to make something that's good. Correct. You know, like... Well, like, so one of my attempts was a was a science fiction, right? I, I I love science fiction. I love the I love the technology. I love the the fact that you can go to other worlds and you can explore that that explorer mindset is very much baked into most science fiction but i don't like that you know mass effect for instance the conception of an alien that lives millions of light years away is that their go to r and r solution is to go get hammered just like a neoliberal guy would do <laughs> right like they don't they don't have a church and a family and and good religion to go to everybody's basically agnostic at this stage um i mean that's how they present this varied group of people as if they're all basically neoliberals and uh you know they they just they just like getting hammered to to get away from their problems and you know, as Christians especially, we would say that that's not the approach to that. The approach to that would be to return your your heart and your mind back to your community and to Christ and to be people of the land so that you're not living in a, a kind of a situation where you would be that distraught that you would be given over to, you know, alcohol like that. Sorry, I, I know I interrupted you, but I, I, that was... There you go. I was talking sure. message. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah, that's. So, so I mean, you know, we talked a little bit about video games, but uh, and and music, but um, also movies. Uh, movies is probably one of the the hot, the most consumed mediums today. I mean, or not even movies, but even television shows, right? <laughs> I say television yep. shows as if people still watch them on the telly. Um, <laughs> streaming shows. Whatever you want to call it, um, and and like okay, so we had a recent dust up with Lore, and we thought Lore was going to be the answer to Netflix. Um, we also have Pure Flix out there, which is just a cheesy version of of whatever you know whatever else Hollywood's putting out. But in all seriousness, we need good Southern movie creators. Um, yeah, the the. So I've I've watched a couple. I knew, I knew one guy that directed a um, a horror movie, and it's, it seems like the easiest genre to get into is horror movies. 
and I don't know why that is. I guess they're just easier to produce. I, I don't know. Um, but we need, and I don't even know how to how to go about this because you would need you know someone to actually write, someone to direct. You need actors, and I don't know many great actors that aren't you know B list or above. Um, or degenerates. Yeah, or or de- <laughs> or degenerates or Jewish or anything like that. Um, so so that's that's one of the sticking points right now. I mean, I think we have some decent guys within the whole Hollywood spectrum with a whole within the whole Atlanta spectrum, but at the same time, you know, we can't match those budgets. So I I'm just trying to think here, like how do we get to that point? You know, I mean that that's we're we're talking, you know, a decade off in the future before, you know, we're actually even gonna be able to compete with someone like Hollywood, right? Or someone right. like Disney. Um, you know, I mean they have billions of dollars behind them. And I'm not sure how we can compete, but yet we, we, we need to be able to. You know what I'm saying? Well, so one of the the really interesting things about now, the the setting now, um, is that it really is an indie market. Like I- any of the – what I mean by – I'm sure everybody knows in a, in a generalized idea what I mean by indie. Um, but right now – um, you have Microsoft buying up indie studios because nobody wants to play the next Madden NFL because they've played them all. They want people with fresh ideas. They want people with with new concepts. You can download uh, Unreal Engine 4 and 5 for free and develop something from the ground up as long as you get a basic grasp of the program. And people have uh, taken existing video games and mod- modified them slightly so that you could tell a better story or you know choose a different setting. Um, so there was one recently that I played. Uh, of course, the the, <laughs> the the guys were neoliberals because uh, they're the ones who are invested in this kind of a, a economy. But um, you know they did a they did a video game set in. Uh, this fictional uh, uh, this fictional city underground in Greece back during the time of um, you know Rome and so they they wove the mythologies of the um the Greeks, the Romans, the uh, uh, Egyptians, and several other uh, people groups into one grand mythological story, and they and they told that through the medium of the video game, and it was it was excellent. And this was three guys who wrote a, a six hour long video game you know, at, at their house. Uh, one guy built the assets. Another guy um, wrote the story and, you know, all of the, the different choices you could make in the story and set up the characters. And then another guy, uh, you know, did the engine so, such that, you know, you, you have all of the, the mesh work and everything else. I, I know I'm getting a little nerdy with it here, but... Um, you know, this is this is something that I'm invested in, so I've got a little bit of knowledge on it. But, um, you know, that it, it doesn't take even a multi-million-dollar company to do this stuff. You just need to be able to do it. And I know a lot of times in my situation specifically, you know, I've got a I've got a full-time job, I've got a family, so it's hard for me to sit down and and build something from scratch like that. You know, you you. You've got to take care of your family. You've got a job. Um, but I'm sure there are people out there with these kinds of skills that uh, could could dedicate some of their time. And maybe if if I wasn't by myself, maybe I could dedicate some time to it and and you know get something going on that end myself. Because I mean, I have ideas and I've got some base baseline work done for a few. You know, games and and whatnot, 
already in my head and some of its on paper, but I'd have to get it out of the concept stage into an engine and then onto the market. Um, but we wouldn't need millions or even billions of dollars. We wouldn't even need, you know, a huge studio. We would need time and dedication and a vision for how we want to move forward. So it it doesn't have to be, you know, real competition. It doesn't have to be um, us fighting the uh, fighting to get a big studio. Now with movies, uh, you can do animated movies in Unreal as well. So as long as you have a concept, you know how to rig up a a character model, and you can get somebody to model your characters, you can do that as well. Um, I know Hollywood pumps out, you know, with their billions of dollars, they pump out really terrible CGI movies, and everybody eats it up because the story's good, and um, uh, because the, the ideas are salient ideas that are good to communicate. But it wouldn't take a multi-million dollar studio to get out another Toy Story if you were willing to put in the effort and use a proper engine to do it. Yeah, and that, um, and we really don't even have to start on the foundation of any storylines. I mean, yes, the story must be unique, but they all follow certain patterns, right? Like, okay, just, just think for instance right now. If you could do a really, really good animated movie on any biblical story. It, yeah. Not Veggie Tale type crap. I'm talking about legitimately good animated, you know, um, an animated story of David, where David's not black. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> a, a really good animated story on, uh, oh, I don't know, just the journey of Abraham. Freaking! I know, I know a hundred people off the top of my head right now that would probably pay at least twenty to twenty-five dollars for that movie, or for that series, whatever. And and if you're selling the movie digitally, then you know twenty-five bucks you could make that from people all over the world. You know, you could sell, you could sell that. Yeah, for sure. And, and then it wouldn't be that well. Anyways, I would say it wouldn't be that hard to get translations, but you know, whatever. Um. Cater just to the English speaking world, you know. If you're not going to say the king's right. English, then we're not going to cater to you. <laughs> but, but I mean, e e even you know, even if you don't do just a biblical story, you could also do, you know, one that one that follows the same flow. I mean, the hero's journey is a classic journey. I mean, it's a tale as old as time. You know, you just have right. to find the right protagonist, the right storyline, etc., etc., etc. He subconsciously quoted Beauty and the Beast, guys. <laughs> but but anyways, I mean, but okay. So so let's let's you know let's bring it down even smaller. Um, it wouldn't take anything to to have your own nightly late show, right? Okay. So uh, apology, a studio tried that. It was a complete flop, uh, and I think that was just because they were so hemmed up by the actual contents of what they were trying to do. And um, it it would be it would be easy for someone that they had needed the time. a better joke writer too, though. Yeah, they did. Yeah, well, that, that's what I'm saying. They they were so hemmed in by sticking strictly with, you know, of course the the one the one good joke, um, it, you know, caused them caused them a bunch of crap. I think it had something to do with um, uh, something to do with butts. I can't remember what it was what it was about. Uh, I, I don't I don't he remember. But but I mean it wouldn't Sorry. take anything for you to you can live stream it on YouTube. Pretty soon you'll be able to live stream it on Gab TV. I mean, Nick Fuentes did this. I mean, if they, if that little squirrely little guy can do it, I mean why can't we? You know, I mean, right. we we've got to be more original than that. I mean I'm not saying I'm as original as him, but I mean we've got to have people out there that can do that. You know I think podcast is a great medium. But it only goes so far. I think a night show. Be, how many millions of people watch like you know the Tonight Show every night? Uh, that that was rhetorical. That's a lot. I, yeah, I don't even know the ratings. Well, I'm sorry. The 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 Tonight Show. 
Who's the Who's the host on that? I thought that, I thought that was Fallon. What, oh yeah, yeah, Kimmel. I don't know. Freaking Jimmy oh. Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel. They all flip and get. They're the same. They're the same person. Yeah, they really are. Or, or even Tucker Carlson tonight. I mean, Tucker's great, but he can only go so far because he's network television. I mean, I'm saying like just let's just push the bounds. You know, Tucker has to uh, pull his punches, if you will, because he can't go full bore. I mean, people are craving full bore right now. Right. And so the the, the idea we're presenting here is, um, you know, we should we should be able to take control of media in the South and not have China buy out Atlanta's movie-making industry. Because yeah. that's happening right now. Especially if we're the greatest people on this planet. I mean, we, we should be able to take it, take it pretty easily. Well, and, and we have the stories, we have the, the, the hero archetypes to do this. Um, it's not as if we're at a loss for what kind of stories to tell. Um, you know, we, again, we have our stone walls. We have our, we have our, um, our forests. We have our, our leaves. We have all kinds of people that we can, you know, promote, uh, covertly in, into these scenarios. Um, what, what would that look like in, in the future? Maybe, maybe the future isn't off of, planet earth maybe it's just in a in a world where people have realized the value of the land and then there's a an attempt to revitalize the neoliberal nonsense and people are defending their their home against that uh, that that's a that's a story in and of itself it's one that's already been told and we're just translating it into a future setting what, what will be the tactics that would be used to to fight that kind of a fight or do some um, legit Lord of the Rings fan fiction to replace that garbage on Amazon. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I, that 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 garbage needs to be uh, incinerated post haste. Uh, I mean, and, and we have the the capability. I mean, I keep re- I, feel, I feel like I keep repeating myself when I say we have the capabilities to do that, but we have the technology. Whenever, whenever you're talking about, you know. Of people getting in touch with the land, I mean, uh, that my mind immediately went to the Shire, right? Like, yeah. we, mm-hmm. I mean, we have the capabilities to, to actually give us the last bit of the Return of the King that, you know, most people longed for, and that's the the, the scouring of the Shire. Yeah, and and you could there. There's any number of ways in which you could, you know translate that into um you know I, again my my favorite I'll I'll finish beat my dead horse here in a minute but you know my 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 genre specifically is uh sci-fi love sci-fi um and so what would a what would a futuristic version of Tolkien's universe look like um that could be a good good show as long as it's done right as long as it's translated correctly um there's all kinds of things and there's there's influences that are already out there that we could pull off of you don't have to make any of this stuff up whole cloth um there's a lot of material and media out there that's pushing evil ideas that you could that you could use to push good ideas instead I still want to see a uh, a movie based on the uh, the ransom trilogies yeah, for sure. Um, animated series on that would be amazing. Um, I would most definitely partake in that show. As long as it wasn't fake or gay. Well, if if you know a good Southern man did it, then it wouldn't be. And if it turned out fake and gay, it means he wasn't a good Southern man now, didn't it? <laughs> That's right. Um... Anyways, that's that's my 
that's my idea for this evening. I, I, I wanted to put forth that idea because, um, like I said, I've I've and I and I'm continuing on it. I'm not uh, abandoning it by any any stretch. But uh, I've I've tried to delve into some of these ideas and try to make them a reality. Uh, hard to do that when you're, you know, you've got wife, kids, everything else. That's not really an excuse, but it is a it is a reason because um, that that takes a lot out of you. So, um, I'd I would like to see more of that. I would like to see more of uh, attempts to capture hearts and minds instead of just having the the uh, uh, debates with other people because I think the facts have already borne borne themselves out in our favor when it comes to history. I think history already favors our our position. The question is how do you make that position not only palatable but desirable to people who otherwise would not agree with you? Um and I I think that's not only possible, I think it's something that we should be attempting to do. Hey y'all, thanks for listening in on our podcast. If you like what you hear, please share and comment wherever you're listening to it. And check out our Gab page at Dixie Polis Podcast. If you want to contact us, please send an email to DixiePolis at ProtonMail.com or send us a message on Gab. If you like the music we're playing, hang out a little while and let the song finish. It's Wayfaring Stranger by Southern Raised, and you can listen to them on YouTube or go to their website at SouthernRaisedBluegrass.com. God bless y'all.